This podcast is brought to you in association with Cloud Banking. Fintechs were targeting a customer segment that banks were not, but they could not do that without having the regulatory rails that the banks had. So there was there had to be a partnership. Some banks were willing to put in the effort to put in the technology themselves to make fintechs talk to them. Uh, some were not able to do that or did not want to do that. and some fintechs found it very tough to navigate that interaction with banks so they stepped in and their their primary task in the early days was to make sure they evangelize this among the banking ecosystem welcome to the gff23 show this podcast brings you a taste of the global fintech fest organized by the fintech convergence council Payments Council of India and National Payments Corporations of India happening in Mumbai from the 5th through the 7th of September 2023. Over the past 3 years, GFF has grown to become the largest fintech summit globally, demonstrating the pivotal role of fintech and driving sustainable global advancement by showcasing a 360 degree view of its transformative potential. In this episode of the GFF 23 show, Christy Duncan, the visionary founder and CEO of Women in Payments, engages in a captivating conversation with Praveena Rai, the accomplished COO of National Payments Corporation of India (NPCI). They navigate the ever-evolving landscape of cross-border payments and explore emerging trends, the dynamics of real-time systems, and the potential brought by fintech innovation while offering an exclusive peek into the forces reshaping the future of global transactions. PricewaterhouseCoopers is the knowledge partner for this episode. Hello, welcome to Payments Trends 2023 for the Global FinTech Forum. We're so excited to be talking today with Pravina Ray. Pravina, do you want to do a quick introduction? Hi, I'm Pravina Ray, the Chief Operating Officer of NPCI, National Payments Corporation of India. So, I'm manage both the business product roadmap as well as the delivery of technology and operation for npci and uh, yeah here we are nice speaking with you christy yeah i'm so delighted and my name is christy duncan i am founder and ceo of women in payments we are a global initiative that gives growth opportunities for women in their careers around the world of payments we operate in a number of markets around the world canada the us australia uh, asean latin america and emea and we've been in existence now since 2012 and building our global community to offer women new opportunities and new ways to network to learn to speak to find mentorship and leadership support all while building their careers in this really dynamic and exciting industry so pravina we're here talking about cross border payments which is a really interesting um space at the moment and when we look at cross border payments what do you see in cross border payments happening today both from a, a an india perspective but perhaps looking at some other markets hey lovely to hear what you're doing and i think that's certainly a discussion for another day coming to cross border payments you know we can look at cross border payments in two categories broadly distinguishing them for the high value payments which would be you know treasury and corporate payments 
what one, one could call wholesale payments. And on the other side is really the consumer and retail payments. For wholesale and, and corporate payments, I think the world hasn't changed that much. They focus and require a lot more management around liquidity and cross-border settlement and so on and so forth. But if we come to retail or consumer payments, I think there's a world of opportunity out there and a lot of change that is already in play. So that's a very, very interesting space as we speak. Yeah. And on the high value payments, I, I think from a cross-border perspective, there we're starting to see some movement. It used to be the old state, you know, high value, low volume of payments compared to the consumer side, but we're starting to see some movement and some of the regulators are starting to require more interoperability between domestic and cross-border payment systems. We're starting to see more transparency, which is a good thing, definitely. We're getting some instant payments in some of the domestic markets. That's, you know, we just launched FedNow in the U.S. last month, which is very, very exciting. And of course, India's had, you know, instant payments for a long time now. And and I love the way that you've built that on top of the infrastructure, the national digital ID, which makes it so much easier and more secure. But looking at cross-border consumer payments, where do you see the big opportunities and perhaps the big uh, innovations in the in the last few years and perhaps looking forward a year or two, Praveena? Yeah. So that you know, your you referred the real-time payment systems that certainly have gone live in many markets globally. We have a lot of large markets. Of course, India is one of them, but there's also Singapore, the UK, Thailand, um, you know, the US now with FedNow. So a number of markets really going live with real-time payment systems. And these systems really operate with a fairly large threshold. So I think the last that I know, knew, the UK system was operating at about 250,000 pounds. Similarly, Singapore has a similar kind of a number to which the payments can be made. And when you start looking at the opportunity to interconnect these payment systems, I think the line between what you call low value and high value payments might actually uh, start looking very great. Uh, but having said that, I think that's a discussion for another day. I'd like to focus now a little bit on the consumer or retail payment space. Because when you look at the kind of experience that we have, at least what we're able to enjoy in India, for domestic payments, if I have to pay my friend or a colleague or a family member, it takes me all of 10 to 15 seconds to make that payment. So like, there's hardly any friction. Of course, I need to authenticate myself. But I'm able to make these payments very quickly and I get a confirmation of whether my account has been debited, credited, so on and so forth. So the whole experience is at ease. Now, when on the other hand, we look at the experience, if I were to pay somebody across the borders, the whole situation changes, right? So I need to really find the right remittance partner or the banking partner. And typically, it's more expensive. It takes more time. And there is more friction in the process. Also requires more information, especially for certain markets where 
regulatory restrictions exist on certain types of payments, certain limit restrictions are there, you know, depending on whether you, for example, in India, you can make payments for, you know, medical, travel, education, and so forth. And there is a certain limit up to which an individual can make payments uh, during the course of the year. Now, when all of this comes together, it, it leads to that friction of an experience. And if one has to make a cross-border payment, you certainly want to plan it out. You want to be sure that there's a certain value to it and you do it very infrequently. So if we were to look at really taking this digital payment experience that's possible and replicating that in the cross-border space, I think we've got really a magical moment there. So what would it do, right? So it would, number one, create that digital experience again, which means that from the point that I initiate a payment to the beneficiary receiving it is just going to be a few seconds. And that's phenomenal, right? And I get a confirmation that, hey, this payment has been made. Uh, the beneficiary gets a confirmation. They have received the payment. So for its conversion, for you know, regulatory purpose, any international compliances, sanctions, and so on. Everything gets checked without too much friction. Of course, exception management will need to be there. And standard utilities are available and can be made available for that purpose. Second thing is the information that can travel. I think today, we know how it works. So there is a messaging layer and the actual uh, payment is made while the funds go through a sort of a bulk settlement process. In this case, we can actually align the flow of funds and information and make the information richer. So if I just want to you know, include some comments in my payment uh, overseas, then I will be able to say that this is the purpose or you know, this is uh, a gift or you know, this is uh, something I'm paying for a small uh, purchase or a bill number or whatever reference I want to provide. So it helps both parties later when they try to really reconcile this in their, in their statements. Before we go on with the episode, a quick word from our sponsors. In the heart of the banking world, where every second counts and efficiency is paramount, a revelation, a cloud solution Indian banking can rely upon. Cloud banking. Process loans in less than 10 minutes with seamless integration, automation at its finest, and workflows that adapt to your needs. Step into the future. Elevate your bank's lending operations with cloud banking. Now, back to the episode. So this is fantastic uh, progress, Praveena, and it's fantastic and exciting that, that you're starting to do this. I want to talk a little bit about interoperability. So you're talking about these cross-border consumer payments. Are you able to do these to all countries around the world? Or are you focusing on certain markets? How is that working? So I think we were speaking about trends, right? So this is something that's very early stage. And we started working with a few markets, for example, Singapore being one of them. And it's early days, so there is a certain limit up to which a payment can be made. And it is, you know, as we see flows increasing, uh, those can be opened up further. So certain bilateral corridors have opened up. Uh, the way I imagine this is over time, as uh, more of these bilaterals open up, we should be able to then really treat this as a larger network for such payments to be made. 
Yeah. And, and to your point, I think there is also an early stage project in place between Singapore and Thailand as well. So lots happening on that space. And I think a year or two from now, we'll see far more acceptance and prevalence in the market. Really, really exciting. And what about digital payments? I know digital money is becoming more common as, you know, there's three kinds of digital money. And if you think of CBDCs, you think of stable coins, you think of privately issued digital money like Bitcoins and Ethereums and all all flavors of the private money. But I think they can also help facilitate cross-border payments. Have you seen anything like that happening within the Indian market? So not so much within the Indian market, but globally, I think there are players who are able to provide uh, the transfer of funds on the back of both blockchain technology as well as uh, digital money. So these exist, and over the last four to five years, there have been corridors that have opened up. Um, Flows have started. I'm not sure whether it's really picking up at the rate that was expected at that point. With, I think, cryptocurrency and some of um, instability having gotten created in that space, maybe there's a bit of a wait-and-see mode there. Uh, But if we look at interconnecting sort of fiat currency rails, you know, that can really be uh, a solution that addresses the problem without creating any other associated risks. Yeah, so much opportunity and it's the market is so dynamic. And if you had this discussion a year or two ago, I think it would have gone a different way. Before we tie up this conversation, Rabina, I think, um, we can't talk about anything in payments these days without talking about security and a fraud, and especially when we're talking cross-border. It's hard to recall, if not impossible, to recall those payments once they've gone on their merry way. How do you see security and fraud evolving, and how do you see the the industry trying to, to manage that? No, that's a very important point, right? And when we look at what part of domestic payments in India, the digital payments infrastructure with UPI, for example, is the aspect of payment that happens after the payment. So can the status of the payment be tracked? So one knows for sure that the payment has reached the end beneficiary, the funds have been credited, or there is some issue due to which it is stuck somewhere, right? It could be a regulatory friction point that has kept the payment back. There could be some one-off technical issue, whatever it may be. And that status should be very clearly visible, proactively visible, so that the remitter is not concerned about where the money is. If there is an issue, this money gets sent back. And if not, then it proceeds towards the beneficiary. So this will need to be replicated again uh, cross-border. Post the transaction is completed, if there is an issue, there is a dispute, you know, there are mechanisms that exist today on domestic rails for UPI, and we call it ODR, which is online dispute resolution. So the same way that the payment is digital, the dispute resolution also will need to be digital. So a customer did not wait for, you know, X number of days, 30 days, 60 days, whatever it is, they are able to raise a help on their app and the 
relevant uh, information is available to them or if the transaction needs to be uh, reversed, then the same is uh, done. Of course, depends on services, goods, and you know the other uh, aspects involved. Yeah, but all those rules can be built in. This is going to be very important for developing uh, trust, managing frauds and other kind of risks that may exist, um, and using a lot of um, intelligent rules towards this. Yeah, we've got the technology. Yeah. So this is fantastic. And I, I'm so excited to see, you know, this whole opportunities of cross-border payments evolving. And one last question, Praveena, I definitely want to, we're, we're going to be talking again at the Global FinTech Forum in Mumbai in just a couple of weeks. But um, I don't think this discussion would be complete without talking about the role that FinTechs play when we're talking about cross-border payments. Um, we've got, you know, all kinds of fintechs who are playing in this space. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and their role? Of course. And I think that's the big differentiator of digital payment as against a real-time payment. The real-time payment can be the underlying rail, uh, which creates interoperability between the banking system. Uh, where fintechs come and potentially play a role is really providing the user experience, which typically tends to be the kind of apps that they run. And uh, this then provides the experience layer that the customer is looking for. And um, I do believe that differentiator between digital and real-time payments changes the game completely. Now, a bank can play that role, play that role, anyone can play that role, but if that role is played by another party, then it brings uh, the focus on consumer experience, which will be important to recreate that end-to-end 15-second experience that we, we spoke about. So yes, I think fintechs will play an important role there. It's an exciting time to be in payments, as we all know, and we're going to see a lot more innovation and a lot more um, fantastic things when we join you at the Global FinTech Forum. I look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks, Praveena. Yeah, and I think that's what um, we're looking forward to everybody joining in and having these discussions at the Global FinTech Festival. I'll see you there, Christy. I look forward to that. It's going to be exciting. Thank you. Bye-bye. We want to take this opportunity to thank Christy Duncan, founder and CEO of Women in Payments, and Praveena Rai, COO at National Payments Corporation of India, for taking time off their schedule to bring you this episode. The Global Fintech Fest, global collaboration for a responsible financial ecosystem. Inclusive, resilient, sustainable. Happening in Mumbai from the 5th through the 7th of September, 2023. The Global Fintech Fest 23 is brought to you by the National Payments Corporations of India, the Payments Council of India, and the Fintech Convergence Council. For more details about GFF23, visit globalfintechfest.com. We also want to thank the team at Ubersaga, the official podcast partner for GFF23. Post-production and sound design by Subhash, editing and scripting by Dash, and voiceover by Abe.